0: Yes, it does. <laughs> what do you? Anybody? Does anyone here like riddles? Y'all, y'all like riddles? Okay, like you do. You do. Um. So, so these are not anything new, but I thought we'd have a little fun this morning. Uh, if you can look on the screen and see, uh, we're we're back to Mark. Uh, probably be there for a while. Uh, probably a couple months into into the next year. Um, you know, there. But we are in March, chapter eleven. Uh, versus twenty-seven um 33. You can see the title there on the screen. But um, So so if you know the answer, you can call out. Okay, you can call out. So um, there's a, a plane that crashes on the Mason-Dixon line. All right? On which side do they bury the survivors? You don't bury survivors. Thank you, baby. All right, thank you. All right, my daughter's heard that one. You don't bury survivors. All right, y'all know that one? You've heard that? Okay, all right. That happened in Canada. Oh, okay, it could be, it could be. <laughs> A lot of places, yeah. Um, so, so what time is it when an elephant sits on a fence? Time to go to the fence. So, what is it, Ms. Donna? Time to go to the That's right. Time to get time to fix a fence. All right. Um, so, elephants. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, what can you hold in your right hand, but never in your left hand? Your left hand. Your left hand. Your left hand. You got some smart people in here. Good job, uh, PJ. All right, uh, that graduated in my class. Okay, just for the record. All right, um, right, right. Man. Okay, um, what can, what can you catch but not throw? A cold. A cold. Very good. Last one. Uh, what has to be broken before you can use it? You might have had them this morning. An egg. An egg. There you go. All right, man. That's a lot of participation there too. I'm very very proud of you, class. Okay. All right. So, right uh, in. In the last passage, so here, here's our, um, our, our central statement, and, and it might be uh, kind of short. Don't, don't quote me on that, okay? But it might be a short one today. I don't know. Um, but I, I think you see, uh, again, Mr. Lawrence would absolutely love this because there's five points, and they all start with the letter C. All right? So uh, in the last passage of Mark 11, we see a challenge, a counter-question, a conundrum. Oh, my English teachers love that one. Come on. Give me props for that. All right? A confession and a conclusion. Okay? So uh, Mark 11 All right, 27 through 28. We're going to talk about the background in just a second, but let's read it first, okay? So they came again to Jerusalem as he was walking in a temple. The chief priests, the scribes, and the elders, three groups of people, known as the Sanhedrin, they came and asked him, by what authority are you doing these things? Who gave you this authority to do these things? All right, number one. I love Dana's look on her face like, what? Okay, so uh, number one, challenge all right, so uh, I want to add to this a little bit. Both Matthew and Luke add to this, to what Mark says. They add a, a, a part that I think is pretty important, especially for teachers. Okay, uh, that he was actually um, when they when the when these three groups of people come to ask Jesus this, he asked Jesus this while Jesus was teaching, which makes it to me even worse. Right, it's already bad. Okay, that they would challenge Jesus, right, the Knower and Creator of all things, all right, in um, all His omniscience. But to ask Him while He was teaching that He He was interrupted, I, I don't think there's anybody here who likes being interrupted, right? All right, even if you're not a teacher, no one likes that. That's not pleasant, right? Okay, uh, and so again, these three groups of people make up what's what's called as the the Sanhedrin. Now, the Sanhedrin is kind of a buffer organization between Rome and the Jewish nation. Uh, at that time, had 71 members who held near complete freedom in religi- religious matters, okay, and restricted power in political matters. They're a pretty, pretty powerful group, okay. Um, this is the only instance in Mark in which a Sanhedrin approaches Jesus apart from his trial, all right, towards the end of his life, okay. So uh, they are challenging Jesus' authority, or what is actually pronounced exocia. Okay, exosia, that's a Greek word. And that Greek word is important because uh, to me it's, it's even more than authority. It, it, it literally means rightful, actual, unstopped, um, unimpeded power all right, to act, uh, to possess, to control, um, use or dispose of something or somebody. Like this is like a really, really strong word, even stronger to me than power or authority. okay. Uh, and uh, specifically, what they're referring to, and, and it's not up there, Kalen, but what they're referring to is what happened right before this, okay? And if you were here with us, I guess, uh, a week or two ago, all right, um, we talked about this, okay? It was the cleansing of the temple in Mark chapter 11, verses 15 through 19. Okay, now uh, as you, some of y'all know, so well, how come we do the next part after that? We we're we're, we're not doing everything now at this point, um, so uh, we kind of skipped 20 through um, 25. All right, but uh, the, what we're talking about, what they're referring to, is when he cleaned the temple out. Okay, and, and he flexed on him. I think is where we use right. Alex, like, hey, you know, Jesus come, showed up because because they had you had non-Jewish people specifically who couldn't worship in the temple because it was being used for something other than what the intended purpose was for. And Jesus was like, no, not my house. Okay? And so that's what happened. And so it gets back, and remember, and then if we mention then that that would have affected probably some of their pocketbooks or their wallets, they had some, whatever, I don't know. Alright? And and they didn't like it. Okay? They didn't like it. And uh, they were like, where does this guy come, you know, come off doing this? Okay? So they just come right up to him in the middle of his teaching, and they asked him. Will you get the authority to do these things? Now, um, Jesus, uh, they asked this because, and I want to add to this, I like the way the ESV study Bible writers said it. They said, Jesus is neither an official, like an official priest, nor a scribal authority according to the official standards of his questioners. So, uh, you know, and they're like, so why? Why did you do what you did? And so let's look and first off see that they actually... Uh, being the official guardians of the law, uh, these religious leaders did have a right to ask. I do want you to see that. Okay, they just didn't know who who, who uh, they were asking. All right, but but let's look at uh, verses nineteen through twenty-two in Deuteronomy eighteen. Okay, uh, and, and he's he's talking about the prophets and and all. And I'll raise up from from for them a prophet like you from among their brothers. I'll put words in my, his mouth. He will tell them everything I command him. And then verse nineteen, I will hold accountable. All right, um, whoever go go to that. Uh, Kaelin, go to the next one. There you go. All right, good job, babe. All right. I will hold accountable whoever does not listen to my words that he speaks in my name. But the prophet who presumes to speak a message in my name that I have not commanded him to speak or who speaks in the name of other gods, that prophet must die. Right, um, you may say to yourself, how can we recognize a message the Lord has not spoken when a prophet speaks in the Lord's name and the message does not come true or is not fulfilled? That is the message the Lord has not spoken. The prophet has spoken presumptuously. Do not be afraid of him. Uh, on a side note, this is not not in there, Kalen. Uh, this in my scripture reading this morning. I read about, I think it's his, you pronounce it Micaiah. Micaiah. Um, But where he was like, um, you know, uh, the king of Israel was like, man, don't, Jehoshaphat was the king of Judah. And he was like, hey, we need to ask, we need to make sure this is okay to go attack that country, you know, the the neighboring country or whatever. And and he's, and the the king of Israel was like, man, don't ask that guy. Every time I ask him, it's something bad, all right? it's always something bad. And then, you know, some of y'all know what I'm talking about. And and then they finally do go, and Micaiah said, I'm going to say whatever God tells me to say. But then he doesn't. And he tells uh, the king of Israel what he wants to hear, what the king of Israel wants to hear. And then the king of Israel says, no, you be, you be honest with me now. All right? And he does. And he's like, see, I told you. He always says something bad about me. And then, of course, it ends up being just the way he prophesied. But I just want you to see that they did have uh, a, a, um, the right to check the spirit. Okay? That's why i want to use that word because that's what we're supposed to do. Okay, in um, uh, 1 John 4, 1 through 6, and some of y'all are, are familiar with this. So I hope you are. I hope you are. Okay, um, 1 John 4, 1 through 6. Go ahead, Kaylin. All right. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see if they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. This is how you know the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God, but every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming. Even now, it's already in the world. It says, go on to say, you are from God. Little children, you have conquered them, because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Amen to that. It's another sermon for another day. But they are from the world. Therefore, what they say is from the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God. Anyone who knows God listens to us. Anyone who is not from God does not listen to us. This is how we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of deceptions. So be careful. Uh, I was a scripture that, that I would always lean on whenever we maybe uh, you know somewhere where I was trying to find a church, you know, when I was by myself in Brunswick, Georgia, or in Baymen, Alabama. I'm like, yeah, I need to make sure that that guy, whoever that person is, is there, they're they're preaching the word of God, um, because you know a lot of people like to tickle ears, right? And so, um, so First John four one six, and then uh, I, y'all know I say this a lot. I think I said it like two or three weeks ago, um, but check what you listen to. All right, I'm not perfect, okay? Um, make sure it's from the Word of God. And pray, please pray for me. Please, please pray for me. And it's like Miss Jan and I were talking about, man, I want every, all sorts of people praying for me. All right, and, and so please pray for me because I want to be, do what 2 Timothy 2.15 says, to be diligent and present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who doesn't need to be ashamed, correctly teaching the Word of truth. Okay. And so, but they, but what we know here from, so back to the story. What we know from this passage, we we know that they didn't have good intentions. Their motives weren't pure. Well, well, how do you know that? Are you just saying that, Patrick? No. <laughs> right at what we, I said we talked about just a couple weeks ago, the cleansing of the temple, uh, Mark eleven verse eighteen. Okay, says this. It was at the end of what we read the uh, the other day, a couple weeks ago. The chief priests. Let me go back to verse 17. He was teaching them, It is not written, My house will be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you have made it a den of thieves. And then in verse 18, The chief priests and the scribes heard it and started looking for a way to kill him. For they were afraid of him because this whole crowd was astonished by his teaching. They are afraid. Uh, he, he threatens the status quo, right? He threatens their whole way of doing things, Jesus does, which is, another, again, another sermon for another time. But their, their motives were not pure. And so they come... They questioned Jesus, all right? Uh, They were bothered by Jesus, and they challenged his authority to do the things he had done up to this point, okay? Now, before we move on, I've already kind of alluded to it, but how do you feel whenever your authority is questioned, all right? You know, PJ and I are talking about being a cop and some of the things he has to deal with and teachers. Like, I don't think none of us like that, right? I'm a teacher. How many times have I said in my class, this is my house? all right and when i'm really mad i might add to it i said go when you get older get your degree come back and you can teach your class where you want to teach it but this is how i'm going to do it i've said that on a couple times okay more than a couple times maybe in your class alex i don't know but uh probably not because you have a really good class but um you know we don't like that so um in the last passage of mark 11 we see again we see a challenge and now we're going to see a counter question and you can see the rest of the statement so next two verses now, I love this. this is, I love this uh, passage. It might be short, but I still like it. So Jesus said to them, I will ask you one question, then answer me, and I will tell you by what authority I do these things. Was John's baptism from heaven or of human origin? Answer me. Right? So he, he comes with a counter question. Now, what some of you probably know, or maybe you don't know, is this was not unusual. It was not unusual to answer a question with a question. Okay, that was a way of teaching that was very common back then. All right, and so um, it's very, it's not unusual at all. And so Jewish, the Jewish rabbis, again, they often answer questions by doing that. The, they, would, they would have a counter question. They wouldn't answer it, they would ask a question uh, themselves. So Jesus knew exactly what was going on here. All right, he, he was, yes, he was all man, but he was also all God. See, in, in a way, I, I think it's, it's kind of funny how this all went down. So we, the way I look at it is, in my old country mind, is we have a bunch of know it alls. Come just so how smart, just show how smart they were, and kind of flex, trying to flex on them, right, Alex, and trying to trying to show how how much authority they have, exosia, all right, you know, trying to show that, and so they ask a simple question, expecting an answer, just answer my question, Jesus, you know, this is not hard, this is not hard, I've said that too in my class, all right, and and that's not what they get, I love it, okay, they don't get that at all. Okay uh and, and remember again that they approached Jesus. Jesus didn't go to them. They had come to Jesus while Jesus was teaching. Okay? So their idea right, and Jesus does is so awesome how he handles it. Uh I like how DA Carson says uh he adds to the part there where it says from heaven, which is not up there anymore, but verse 30 says was John's baptism from heaven. Um that it was it was a common it meant from God. Okay? It, you know, it's it says in the scripture they're from heaven, but that meant from God. And so uh, it was a common a Jewish substitute for the divine name. So Jesus answers by basically saying that he got his authority from the same source that John got his authority from. That's it. Okay. Um, very simple. Right? Uh, some may think that Jesus was evading, you know, uh, avoiding the question. Not at all. He was simply being as honest as he could be. Okay. Um, I like how Robertson said, it was not a dodge, it was not a dodge, but a home thrust that cleared the air and defined their attitude, the, the Sanhedrin's attitude both to John and to Jesus. See, they rejected John as they now reject Jesus. That's the point. See, uh, any any office fans in here, the office fans? I like to check that every now and then. that show the office. Okay, so I have to admit it's... it's might be my favorite show of all time. I know there's some stuff in there. It's probably not great, but I I just love that show. Uh, But Some of y'all know where I'm going, but David, a guy named David, one of the local, uh, he was above Michael, uh, kind of a regional manager. He says to Michael, Michael, we need you back in the company after Michael was away from him. And Michael says famously, oh, how the turntables, all right, Uh, instead of how the tables turn. So, oh, how the turntables here. We're just saying, he's running in Jesus. Y'all didn't know I was going to use an office reference today. All right. So now they're in a pickle, all right? You've heard that expression, all right? They're in a pickle. And so we're going to look at that at a different expression in just a moment. But we see a challenge. We see a counter question, a conundrum next. So the next two verses, 31 and 32. They discussed it among themselves. If we say from heaven, they, all right, the the Sanhedrin, the religious leaders, said if we say from heaven, he will say, then why don't you believe him? But if we say of human origin, they were afraid of the crowd because everyone thought that John was truly a prophet. So, um, did you know, all right, I have riddles earlier, and now I'm going to have a did you know. Did you know uh, the phrase, where the phrase caught or stuck between a rock and a hard place comes from? I thought this was very interesting, okay. Uh, I didn't know this. But the phrase originated in America in the early 1900s to describe a dispute between copper miners and the mining companies in Bisbee, Arizona. Okay? The miners demanded better working conditions, which the companies refused to give. Right? And so that left the miners with two unpleasant choices. Continue to mine in the same terrible conditions, thus a rock, or face unemployment and poverty, a hard place. Kind of interesting, right? But uh, you know, this is just another way of saying uh, in a pickle. All right? It's a conundrum. All right. I I love that word, by the way, Miss Donna. You you use that word a lot. I love that word, a conundrum. No, I just think it's a really cool sounding word. But you know, uh here's the deal. Jesus again, he's put this guy, put these guys in a situation where neither answer is a good one. Okay? All right. Uh he's totally stumped them. All right? Now, on one hand, if they admit that John was sent by God, they would have to admit the same about Jesus. Why? Because John testified that Jesus was a Messiah. It wasn't like a Uh, maybe he said that. No, he said it. John 1, verses 29 through 34. Read it with me. It says, The next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. There's not a lot of uh, gray area in that statement. Okay? All right? He said it. This is the one I told you about. After me comes a man who ranks ahead of me because he existed for me. I didn't know him, but I came baptizing with water so that he might be revealed to Israel. And John testified, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and he rested on him. I didn't know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water told me, the one you see the Spirit descending and resting on, he is the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. I have seen and testified that this is a Son of God. Amen. All right. And so, uh, uh, and so you had that side. Right? And on the other hand, if they say that John was not sent by God, now they're going to have a people problem. Right? Now they're going to anger a bunch of people, right? make a whole crowd mad uh, because because those people really thought that John was truly a prophet. So just to repeat, and I know you guys are smart people, and y'all were you know uh, proved that earlier with great answers to the riddles. All right, but I, I think you get it. But just to clarify, if if I'm the Sanhedrin. I have to admit, I even have to admit that John was sent by God. So if that's the case, then I'll have to explain why I don't believe him. Okay, so uh, well, how come you don't believe him then? If it's really, if Jesus really is from God, all right, then I'm gonna have to believe him. But I, ha- I don't, okay, because I made that choice. And if if I say that he wasn't sent by God, people are gonna go crazy. They might stone us or something. Alright. and so we have a you know a very big we're talking about a, but it's being stuck between a rock and a hard place. This is it, okay? Uh, and so, what would you do? This is a question. What would you do in that situation? Well, let's see how they responded. So we have a challenge here in the last part of Mark 11. We see a Jesus with a great counter question. We see the conundrum and the problem and the pickle they're in. And then we see their confession. And I I love this because it's not a confession at all. All right. Uh, And so, Mark 11, verse 33, and it says, So they answered Jesus, We don't know. right. And Jesus said to them, Neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. All right. So I got to do this. I think Caitlin's going to really enjoy this. But uh, have y'all ever seen the funny answers by students on tests? Has anyone ever seen some of those? They're really good. I, I just have seven, y'all. Just let me have. Let's have a little bit of fun, okay? All right, and, and, and let y'all see some of the probably the more famous ones, more popular ones. And so right, I have seven pictures. Go ahead, Kalen. And If you're on the podcast, sorry, can't see this. But where was the American Declaration Pinet signed at? At the bottom. That's where it was signed. Okay, was technically at the bottom. Right, these are real student answers. Okay, uh, this is probably my favorite. Uh, Find X. Um, here it is. <laughs> That's a great one. I love it. I don't think I don't think Sally would that, Doug. like that though. What? Write an example of a risk. This. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they will get it right. All right. Uh, this is really a good one. I've never seen this before. Expand. All right. So he makes it bigger. <laughs> that is a good one. I like that one. I like that one. He said that very very funny. Very funny, Peter. I like that one. What is the strongest force on earth? A love. Love, I think, love might be, favorite. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> this is for Sally. All right, name the quadrilateral. Bob, Sam, right. Teddison, Kate, and Harry. All right, that's the name of the quadrilateral. It's right there. All right, that's cute. And then the last one, I think, what ended in 1896? 1895. <laughs> the best one. right. Oh, there's one more? All right. Oh, that was your best one. All right. And so uh, this goes, I don't know if I said, I think I said this, actually. If I did, I'm sorry. Uh, but, um, but it reminds me of, of Kalen a couple of years ago. Yeah, I think I'm pretty sure I said this. But still, maybe you weren't here. But uh, at, where Kalen were, was doing math, you know, and I, I was really good at math, I, I mean, in high school. Y'all, for real, like this, God has a funny sense of humor. I've only taught math one year, and math was by far my best subject, okay? Like, I made, like, high A's. And like in college, all through I, but I was I'm the type that I get it, but I had a hard time telling you how to get it. So I'm like, if when I taught the class, I'm like You didn't help me. Oh I didn't hit that's right, I'm sorry. But I was like, Why don't you get that? It's right there, you know. And so Kaylin has a question a couple years ago in her math class that says, um, why is like so so and so not the right answer? That was a homework question for her. And I'm like, Why in the world do you want to know why it's the wrong answer? That was me. All right. no. Was it you? I thought. I think y'all both had it. I think y'all both had it. But I I said, I said, Caitlin, I need you to write in there your answer because that person's not good at math. Am I just a smart aleck answer? But, all right? Anyway, what's the point? Um, I'm pretty sure that that no teacher in here wants IDK as. They don't accept that as an answer, right? That's not an answer, okay? That is a non answer. You can't say, I don't know. Give me something, okay? Jesus Yes, Jesus. I've, Jesus, is the Jesus is the answer, yes, especially Sunday school. Jesus is the answer to every question. Um, Jesus? No. Um, but yes, I don't think anybody here could get away with saying, I don't know, um, in school, all right, very often. But that's exactly what this group of Sanhedrin basically does. They decide to confess that they did not know the answer to the question. I don't know, Jesus, uh, and, and I love that because uh, they're, they're not God. They're admitting that they're not God. They're not omniscient like Jesus is. Um, go to the next, next verse. Okay? Like Matthew 10.30 says, But even the hairs of your head are all numbered and counted, every single one of them. Okay, And then also, go ahead, Caleb. In Isaiah 40.28, we read that earlier today. Yes, Kay, uh, Sally did. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the Creator of the whole earth. He never becomes faint or weary. There is no limit to His understanding. That means He's He's all knowing. All right, the word, the technical word that I know you heard from Sunday school class is omniscience. Okay, um, meaning omni means all science uh, knowledge. It's it's all nice, all knowing. You see, uh, the, this confession of ignorance demonstrated the fact. That they have no basis on all, in, at all, on which to challenge Jesus' authority, in the first place. All right. Who are they even to ask a question like this? And I go back to to Dana's face earlier. It was appropriate. It was like, what? but um, see, if 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 they do not know whether John the Baptist was from God, how can they know whether Jesus is? They basically it just basically exposes their ignorance and their insincerity uh, insincerity sorry, uh, their, their fakeness and, um, and we saw where it was coming from anyway from from the lat from what happened in the temple. Uh, Tony Evans as Tony Evans has said these self serving hypocrites demanded that Jesus answer their questions truthfully, but their refusal to answer his question meant that they had no interest in the truth, you know, only in advancing their own agenda. Now, that'll preach. We don't, We see that in the world today. Amen or of oh me? Right? See, in addition, this confession of ignorance reveals that they were unwilling to admit that Jesus was from God. They just didn't want to admit it, that Jesus was God. Because if Jesus is from God, again, like I alluded to earlier, why haven't they accepted and recognized that fact? They made a choice not to. See, um, and in conclusion, right, Jesus, and, and I know this central statement will be up there again in a moment, and that's fine, or it might be up there now, Jesus just drops the mic, okay, and he simply says, "Well, neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things." Okay, um, because the answer, the answer was in the question he asked to begin with, <laughs> right? And so uh, the thing here's the thing: they, they didn't push the matter anymore at, at that point. They they left it alone. Right? Why? Because Jesus does have the ultimate authority, the exosia, uh, the ultimate authority and power so in the last passage of mark chapter 11 we see a challenge a, a counter question we see a conundrum a confession and a conclusion and, and in conclusion i told you it's going to be a little bit short today I thought it might okay. at some point people cannot skip out on a, on a particular question y'all know where i'm going with this okay. see they they answer their answer was i don't know right. and it's just as silly as some of the crazy you know funny things that we saw on the screen right um, but no one, no one's going to have to, will be able to skip out on the question about the Lordship of Jesus. See, let me explain from the, from the writings of the Apostle Paul to the church in Roman, and I want you to notice the words that are used, okay, uh, particular words, Romans 14, 10 through 12, but you, why do you judge your brother or sister, or you, why do you despise your brother or sister, for we will all, all, for we will all stand before the judgment seat of God, all, not some, not most, not a few, all. For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every, every knee will bow to me and every tongue will give praise to God. So then each, each of us will give an account of himself to God. So again, it doesn't say some or every, you know, uh, most or um, many. It says every, it says each, it's all. You can't say, I don't know on this one, and get away with it. See? And so it may be difficult to face the truth and, and admit that we are sinners, but it's the it's the first step we must take, that we admit that we are sinners. All right? For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, Romans 3.23 says, amen. All right? uh, but God proves His own love for us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He made a way where there was no way, right, Brother Mike? In that song, He made a way where there is no way, all right? He rose up from the empty grave, all right. And so we have hope. We can trust it. It happened, all right. And if you have, you know, a lot of people got to see that and believe it in their mind and head. Did that really happen? It did, all right. But eventually, it's got to go from here to here, all right. And you have, you have to have faith. I don't believe. I don't. I don't understand all of it, but uh, I, I accept what Jesus did on the cross is kind for me. So I pray that you'll do that to, uh, today. If you've never done that, as he asked Alice to come on up and Sally to to lead us in a song.